0: hello welcome back to project 99 it is january 21st 2021 uh we survived the inauguration nothing terrible happened surprisingly i really thought there was going to be more i guess all the q people were glued to their tvs waiting for the military to arrest everyone there
1: Dude, I was watching some guy's video last night until, like, I can't even remember what time it was. And I'm sitting there like, why am I watching this? Like, why? But at the same time, like, I'm analyzing him, you know, psychologically and whatnot. So, I mean, I guess it was good for that. But this guy's, like, like trying himself to figure out how he can make his assed up (laughs) prediction work now. And it's like, so they came up with this thing that. Um, the military was now in charge because Trump's back in Florida. So they're like, mm-hmm. he's a cent- center force of all, all of this. And he's back in Florida now. And so they're like, well, here's what's really going on. The military's truly in charge, I guess, because Trump put a couple of military people in there at the last minute. And FEMA was in charge. Joe Biden actually wasn't in charge. And then, like, there were some people leaping off the deep end saying, like, truthfully, like, Biden is um, working with trump like i don't know there's so many weird ways they're trying to spin this they've now. spun it off yeah a lot of ways they but- yeah they were saying that the there were fema
0: tents everywhere in dc and that <laughs> they were just gonna take over at midnight and there was gonna be rolling blackouts and all this crazy shit which of course didn't happen um i really hope these people start to realize that over and over and over again none of the shit has been proven there's no evidence for it and nothing has happened and maybe they should reconsider their sources.
1: I think a lot of people are because from some of the... Um, well, you sent me a Facebook post by two people that I guess are in the religious community or minister. Yeah, or locally. Locally. <clears throat> that's fucking... Those people live around here. And, um, you know, they were saying this crazy shit and people were just like, dude, give it up. Like, it's over. It's not you're This is all BS now. Like, you've played it out to the end. It's over with. And people actually saying that, you know, they have come to their senses about it, which... You know, I think that you got to understand the mental state that a person's in. And I mean, I'm not making excuses for anybody that did any violence at the cabin; Like they need prosecuted and, you know, sentenced and all that. Um, but I think the people that didn't participate in it and any of that who are just, you know, went down a bad rabbit hole and got stuck there that are now willing to say, yeah, I was I was duped. Like, don't humiliate those people on top of it. You know what I'm saying? Like, we've all gone down rabbit holes. But the thing is, I mean, I've gone down a few where it was borderline to where you start to lose your rationality about it. But there were things for me that were just like, okay, yeah, this doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. This doesn't make sense. But then I would come to a point where I'm like, okay, that this is that's nonsense. Like, I still had a rationality about it. And I just feel like too many people got so emotional about Trump that they lost their rationality.
0: Yeah, I mean, I don't know. I've I've gone down some rabbit holes myself, but I don't... I don't know. I never uh, mocked people and told them that I was drinking their liberal tears or that, you know, they were sheeple and, like, I don't know. Those people are very aggressive.
1: Yeah, but and, those people can be that way without QAnon. There's those people... There's just, like, some haters. haters, haters all over the place on all political spectrum. There's haters, but... I'm just talking about the people that lost their scope of reality. Plus a lot of these QAnon people, which I found the website. um, There's
0: several websites, but I found one of them because I kept Googling it forever, like trying to find a legit, you know what I mean? Because I hear like, oh, this is what they believe now, blah, blah, Mm -hmm. blah. I'd see screenshots and I'm like, no, I want to read this shit for myself. I want to see what they're saying. Right, yeah. So I finally Mm -hmm. found a source of it and was like reading through some of them. And these people, I mean, super, super, super racist um super super homophobic sexist it made it's just like all the things that you you know all all of the things that trump people get stereotyped as and i'm just like
1: what's interesting about the q thing though is that the way that it morphed because when it very first started it was kind of a spinoff of pizzagate right and or obamagate is it the same thing no 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 pizzagate was the one with the child sex the trafficking pedophiles, the pedophiles yeah. okay obamagate was the spying on trump thing I know it's hard to keep all these right-wing conspiracies straight, but, um, so it started out as that. It did not have particularly a religious bent. It didn't have anything to do with 1776 and the whole patriot spin. It didn't have anything to do with any of that. It was just about Democrats and Hollywood being pedophiles and Trump was sent to Washington to bring down the pedophile Democrats, right? And then it kind of like... Began slowly to take on like a religious connotation You started seeing a lot of people putting like Jesus like for for about three or four months. It was heavily In the Jesus movement and then it started to pick up on this patriot thing and it's like whoever's behind this I call it a psyop It just like was trying to test different things on social media and see what grabbed on And the 1776 thing, you know, this is the new Revolutionary War. We're going to fight it again. That whole thing seemed to grab on. And then, like, the other stuff diminished. You know what I mean? Like, you didn't see people. Yeah, nobody's talking about uh, hashtag
0: save the children anymore. Right.
1: Like, that was. Which I called
0: that back when I fucking went off about them using this as just another tactic to, you know. Oh, uh, we're the good guys. We're fighting for the good stuff. And if you don't agree with us, then you're, you're with the bad guys. And I'm just like, yeah, this
1: is your uh, this is your boogie
0: monster of the week, you know, boogeyman of the week.
1: And honestly, here's what I think it is. I think that whoever is doing this PSYOP, okay, they had an agenda, right? Yeah, but how? Oh, and so the pedophile agenda was, okay, so they probably thought to themselves, like, hey, what's one thing that? you know, we can really, like, people really hate on us. Oh, obviously, pedophilia but is fucking horrible. But apparently, they
0: don't care about it that much because a lot of that Save the Children shit came out that, like, there is a lot of abuse in this country and here's things you can do and, like, blah, 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 blah. And, like, those people, they didn't give, they didn't care to do any of that.
1: Well, I think, here's here's what I'm going to say, is that the people that get upset and obsessed about the idea of child abuse aren't, aren't initiators. They're not people that are going to go out and sack the Capitol, right? So I think the messaging switched because they realize the psychological profile of people sitting at home depressed over children being abused and trafficked aren't people that are really generally going to go out and do crazy shit. Now, the one guy did go to Comet – was it Comet Pizza? Yeah, I think so. Ping Pong? No, Comet. I think it was Comet. And, like, took a gun in there, but he was like, I'm going to rescue these children, but he was, like, one out of how many thousands thousands of people that believed that whole Pizzagate thing. But, I mean, look what happened to the Capitol. You had to get into that whole militia – 1776 all that stuff you had to get into that to get people that were like take charge kind of people that are going to try to do a coup (laughs) right right so but we today we're going to talk about we're going to talk about some of that mind control stuff uh, later but first we were going to talk about trump's um pardons pardons
0: yeah which the most shocking one for me like all the other ones like steve bannon and all all of I, i mean i saw all those coming everybody knew that was coming but uh, Little Wayne and uh, what was the other guy's name? Kodak, the other rapper. I've never right. heard of. Kodak <laughs> Black. Never heard of him. But um,
1: yeah. What the fuck is that about? It's so strange. Well, I I had kind of heard that people were like making donations and more or less buying these pardons. I don't know if there's any truth to that or not. But um, you know, I mean, if you have a lot of money and you know the right people, it's pretty pretty hard to say well. I'm going to make a donation to this particular pack. And how they going to prove that it was because you got a pardon? You know what I mean? Like, it's, it'd be pretty easy to, to, to offer shop some money to get a pardon. But I think those two rappers supported Trump whenever he was running for office. I think mm. that was the kind of payback there.
0: Yeah, that one took me by surprise and then doug was upset that uh the tiger king didn't get his pardon oh lord which i'm glad because i fucking hate that guy i think he's a shitbag and i don't care if well he you know gets what jail, he said
1: but... about it was that trump couldn't pardon him because he's too gay <laughs> oh is that is that what it is that's what he said that's what the tiger king guys, that guy's I, like i've fucking... never watched a show but... <laughs> yeah
0: let me sum it up for you in a, a few short sentences Super ridiculously uh, dumb, crazy, gun-toting, tiger-obsessed gay guy um, who also does lots of drugs and then gets with young men who aren't really gay but are addicted to drugs that he provides to them. Um, Most of which ended up dying. One kid even shot himself. um, And they're like, oh, it was an accident. And I'm like, I feel like it's pretty clear to fucking see. Um and also like claims he loves tigers and in reality uh would kill them off to make space for more money making tigers. I'm like, trying
1: to picture which dysfunctional Appalachian state this takes place. Oh in. shit, where is it? Yeah,
0: it wasn't it wasn't uh West Virginia, but it is a dysfunctional one. is
1: is like gosh, I, I don't want to diss anybody's state. Like I okay, I'll say it because I'm from West Virginia. We have like we're like top on the list of all the bad things, like Yeah, we're drive-outs. like up there with Alabama and shit. Alabama's I don't think Alabama's that bad I think uh Kentucky has a lot of oh, like yeah. poverty going on and uh lack like poor education and uh Arkansas that's pretty far down Mississippi Oklahoma it happens in Oklahoma Oklahoma's a pretty conservative area
0: yeah, I mean, this guy's a super conservative. He's just also super gay. He
1: even ran for like, oh, he's one governor of those, like, um, like, what do you call that? Like, uh, who was the really famous provocateur? <sighs> he was a gay guy, but he was like super hardcore, like, Islamophobe. What are talking about? Um, He's a young guy, blonde hair.
0: Oh, yeah, yeah. M- Milo, M- Milo. M- yeah. Yiannopoulos or something? Yiannopoulos, right. Yeah. yeah, right, right. Yeah. yeah, this guy is like um, Jeff Foxworthy, <laughs> but super flamey and obsessed with tigers.
1: I mean, it's a hard comedy. I guess you just got to see it.
0: Yeah, I mean, that's why he's so interesting, though. The guy is
1: hilarious, but like... It's I like mean, one, it's like trying to describe a train wreck to somebody and be like, and then... <laughs> but there were like everybody, parts everybody over like, here.
0: wanted him pardoned because he's so funny and like the story was so funny, but in reality, like he abused animals and they proved that he like you know killed adult well, It sounds like he abused to... humans too yeah i mean and he did he did he definitely did he was like married to two men at once i mean it, it, wow. he's just a fucking bad person he doesn't he broke the law he doesn't belong fucking to be he doesn't deserve to be free man but i'm pretty sure he got convicted on like murder charges because he like plotted to kill this lady who's part of an animal rights group that was trying to shut him down hmm. i don't know but they totally like villainized her in the story saying she's so bad because like she went after him but in reality like I don't know, it's just crazy how it's so easy to, if if somebody's likable, they'll turn against anyone, you know what I mean, and defend the likable person. It's stupid, but mm-hmm. yeah, so there was all that. No, he didn't get his pardon. Um, and he didn't pardon any of his kids, which I wasn't shocked, because they haven't, you have to, I mean, you have to have a crime and admit no, guilt. No, I
1: don't know about that. Like, for pardoning people ahead of time, I don't know if it's been challenged or not.
0: I don't know, I was under the impression that you had to be facing charges and then admit guilt to be pardoned.
1: I don't know about a pardon. All I can tell you is that um, the plea the agreement that was worked out for Jeffrey Epstein was um, that he could never be prosecuted and neither could any of his unnamed co conspirators. Like the people weren't even named. And more yeah, but less, isn't that more
0: a- like immunity rather than a pardon?
1: I mean, yeah, it is. I mean, but isn't that the same thing? It basically means you did shit you're not going to pay for, you're not going to get in trouble for. It's a
0: get-out-of-jail-free card. I don't know. I'd have to ask an attorney about the details of... But,
1: yeah, I mean, it's so crazy. So like, who oh, I'm going to drain the swamp. And then there's Elliot Broidy, who we talked about him quite a few times on our show. He's a, he's a big-time Republican fundraiser, but he got in trouble for, um, you know, not... He was acting as an unregistered eight foreign agent. So he was taking money from people that weren't allowed to donate and, like, funneling it.
0: Oh, right. Yes, that's a felony.
1: Interestingly, here it says, admitting to accepting money to secretly lobby the Trump administration for Chinese and Malaysian interests. So he's like a Chinese lobbyist, like lobbying for the Chinese. Like, aren't Republicans supposed to hate the Chinese? Oh,
0: yeah, they're all paranoid about Biden being in China's pocket. Yeah, they won't look at this shit, though.
1: So there was that. Oh, and also um, one of the reasons I think Broidy specifically, I mean, he's friends with Trump, but um, he was wrapped up in that whole billions of dollars it was embezzled from the imdb you know that big malaysian oh yeah fund that uh got exposed from the um the fincent investigation that was getting like cranked up on high so i think trump was like i gotta pardon him because he might get on the rocks and start naming sh- people and telling shit so so there's that yeah little wayne rapper black shalom weiss weiss was convicted of bilking 125 million dollars from national heritage life insurance and its elderly policyholders sounds mm-hmm. like a great guy what a shit bag yeah he also pardoned like a long time ago trump pardoned a guy who ran some kind of meat packing place and it was um a kosher jewish kosher meat packing place but he was like money laundering and doing all kind of financial shit and like had child labor, like all kind of horrible shit. And Trump pardoned him. Like if you really read these people, it's just like wow, wow.
0: Yeah, I, I mean, I mean the whole idea of the pardon was supposed things. to be
1: to interject like mercy into the system. Like if a person, you know, did something and then it's like, well, they're already convicted. And there's nothing you can do about it. You know what I mean? It was supposed to be like to interject some mercy, but it's completely become a tool of corruption. So I think we just need to get rid of the presidential pardon or you should not be allowed to pardon anybody who whose conviction happened during your administration or you know what i mean like there has to be limits on this shit it's totally crazy that trump used the pardon well i don't think that they ever thought a president would uh exploit it to this level but i mean it it was really bad this time like but he he
0: didn't pardon assange which i know a lot of cute people thought that he would No, Um, you know
1: what that was? That was just a throw out there to, he figured, Trump figured out, his campaign figured out there was some overlap between Bernie people, like progressive people, mm -hmm. and Trump people. With the Assange thing, yeah, I agree. And so I think that in the last waning days of his administration, he was like, floated the rumor that he was going to pardon Assange and Snowden just to get some more people on his side. He was never going to do it. I think it was just put out there to kind of get those people, have some hope from those people so they would support him in the last days. And it's like, anybody that thought he was really going to do that is crazy. Yeah, I didn't have much hope for it. The only reason that Trump would have pardoned Assange is because Hillary wanted to drone strike Assange because he released her emails. So, you know, and it, it always was weird to me too that you know, Trump loved WikiLeaks and talked about how much he loved WikiLeaks and WikiLeaks did publish Hillary's emails and kind of helped him out. And it was under his watch that Julian Assange was, you know, wrestled from the Ecuadorian embassy and thrown in Belmarsh prison. Like it's kind of weird. Like that he didn't if all the people that he actually did directly help Trump in a sense. Like I don't he I don't believe Assange did it. You know how pissed
0: it. Assange is probably right now that he's like for real? little Wayne but not me (laughs) (laughs) he's fucking
1: pissed well you know Julian Assange is a political prisoner and I mean he he has so much power and so much information on people and I just think like they want to keep him where he can do no harm honestly
0: so anybody else interesting on the list I mean I know there's a shit ton of them (sighs) yeah I don't
1: know any of the other people on there Obviously, Steve Bannon, who stole money from people who donated to build the wall, that he was indicted on that. So he's been pardoned. No shock there.
0: So uh, the other thing that I wanted to touch on was um, I pissed a bunch of people off on Facebook, which I guess is like my... You know, it's what I do, I guess. Um, but I made this statement. Uh, I don't I don't know what the exact wording was. I have to pull it up on my Facebook. But basically, um, in West Virginia, we know that, like, the big industry here where people make a lot of money is, is in coal mines. That's, like, everybody knows that. Coal miners from West Virginia. But we also have this um, unfortunate blowback of that where a lot of these people, so, some people that just get straight out of high school and go to the coal mine. I mean, they don't go to college. They don't have to, you know, do any of that. And not that their job isn't dangerous. I'm not, you know... Right, I was going to say, let's be
1: clear, it's I not mean, a job that everybody would take. I wouldn't work do. in a coal mine.
0: So, I mean, it's not that I'm shitting on the fact that they have good unions or mm-hmm. that they have good wages. None of that. I'm fine with all of that. What I don't like is those people who, who benefit from unions and these high wages and these jobs then turning around to everybody else and the rest of poverty-stricken West Virginia and being like, well, just pull yourself up by the bootstraps. Because you know damn well that there's not enough coal mining jobs for everybody. You know, for everyone in the state to have that job. And like you didn't go to college or you didn't do this. And now you're going to look at other people and blame the poverty that's in this state on them. The lack of jobs, the lack of resources. You're going to blame that on them instead of doing what I feel like any good union member would do, which is try to help other unions and try to get other industries unionized, um, you know, to lift your state up as a whole. But we have a lot of that here. I know a lot of people that worked in the coal mine that suddenly they call it coal miner syndrome. And like people that aren't from here probably don't know what that means but basically somebody who never had money before gets in the coal mine they blow through a ridiculous amount of money i mean absolute they just all the massive money they're making they're just blowing it because it's the first time they've ever really had money and then they get on a high horse where they think they're just you know worthy of having this money mm-hmm. and they shit on everybody else who doesn't have money who just wants some fucking help um and so now of course there's a democrat in office so all of the coal miners are uh crying that, well, they're going to lose their jobs and this and that and the other. And um, I posted that, like, boo fucking who? If you're one of those people that was always preaching, you know, would basically just just find other training or just get a better job or blah, 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 blah. I guess then you can take your own advice now. If you lose your coal mining job, just get some more training. Find well, a better job. That, like,
1: Let me just interject and say that I don't think that it's, um, you know, specifically related to coal miners. I just think that people see things sometimes only from their own perspective. They don't step out and see like things from other people's point of view, like my parents who grew up in a particular economic, you know, situation. People who and are And now poor, they look down on right. people. They who, they
0: they make money, they get to where they are, and then they forget where they came from.
1: And Reagan did a huge amount during the eighties to project the idea that, you know, poor people I mean, it's kind of always been there, but Reagan Reagan really pushed it. Is that people who don't have things it's really because they're lazy because they're stupid because they don't you know it's everybody this is the wonderful land of america where if you have initiative you can be rich so if you're not rich what does that mean you're lazy you're stupid like they always want to put a moral defect on a person who's poor because they say well the only reason you're poor has got to be your fault like that's the thing about our society and right capitalism i think You know, in our Zoom meeting last week for um, Op-Ed News, we talked about this. That capitalism, the idea of competing, okay, and having that Darwinist mentality of there's got to be top people at the top and people at the bottom. It's survival of the fittest. It's always got to be, you know, which rung of the ladder are you on and competing with your neighbor. And there's all this, capitalism bleeds into our social interactions with each other too. So... When you look at the coal mine person, you know, and they work hard and they get a certain uh, status, income status. And then they say, well, now you got this burger flipper who wants to make as much money as me. And that's bullshit because all they do is flip burgers. It's like they're, they're, they're downing on that other person. But it's like they're protecting their own level in the hierarchy. They want to still remain above other people. Right. Exactly. You know. And that that's the kind of thinking that
0: pisses me off. And as I stated several times after people were just like flipping out all pissed off, I'm like, I don't have an issue with coal miners, man. I mean, coal's phasing out. Coal's dying. It has been forever. I mean, so there, there's that statement to begin with. But, you know what I mean? Like, I don't have a problem with people who work in the coal mine and make a living. People do what they gotta do to make a living. <laughs> what I have a problem with is shitting on other people and not giving right. a fuck about the condition of the rest of your state because you're fine. And I feel like a lot of these coal miners also vote Republican because they're looking out for their own interest. And it's like, well, that's great. But then when when it switches and you lose your job, how the fuck do you expect the rest of us, the majority right. of us, to give a fuck? Well... And not to mention that then, you know, people come back with the whole, well, you need to fucking, you know, you, you use your lights, you have, a, you have a refrigerator plugged in, you have electricity, blah, 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 blah. But the reality is that in 2018, coal was almost at the same level we use coal just about the same as we use renewable energy. Coal is not the thing that keeps everybody's lights on anymore. Natural gas has become a huge thing. Um, you know what I mean? Like it's just nuclear power, or um, nuclear power doesn't make up much of it, but re- renewable energy power may have been too expensive and ridiculous 10, 15 years ago. But as time goes on, it's becoming more reasonable. Mm-hmm. And I just think that these people need to get a wake up call that just screaming in somebody's face that you have to support a coal mine if you want to have electricity. Just isn't reality anymore.
1: Well, I mean, we're just in a transition phase, like when we went from, you know, being like rural people to, you know, the industrial revolution, where everybody was moving into cities for jobs, and you know, it, it was a, a change in humanity that was started with an economic uh, situation development. So it changed how we were, how we lived and operated as as people, and now we're entering a new era, where, as you were saying earlier. Um, you know automation has taken a lot of jobs and you know most uh, uh, um, first world countries people are having less children like I, I feel like there's a lot of things happening in humanity right now because we're at a unique turning point you know AI and technology is going to do a lot of these things that we used to do so it's almost like instinctive instinctively we realize like we don't need to have five and six kids well and
0: I think too that you know the same logic there. And like I said, I'm not saying that all coal miners are like this. And uh, several people said that too, is that, you know, growing up in families, what had generations of coal miners, those people know struggle. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And they mm-hmm. don't shit on other people because they know. They know coal mines are unstable and they've had the, they know what poverty in West Virginia is like. So they don't judge other people, you know, based on that. It's a lot of the new generation of people that get in there you know, like I said, I know I know a lot of people that straight out of high school went straight to the coal mine, got really good jobs, making a lot of money, and then immediately turned around to just to shit on every every other mountaineer that's working class. And it's like, man, I don't know. One thing I can say is that I have a pretty good job. I like my job, and my fiance has an excellent job, and he is a union, it's a union job. And I'm glad that the both of us never forgot where we came from. I guess. I mean, there's there's nothing about... He makes the money that he does, and he's worked his way up, and he's got his skills and this and that, but he doesn't ever fight things like an increase in minimum wage. You Mm -hmm. know what I mean? Because, like, even though, you know, if the people on the bottom get boosted up, then it seems like his pay pay isn't going to be any more, which, I mean, unions can fight for that, but it doesn't matter because he's fine right here where he is. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like, I just don't get the having to defend your place... And and this coronavirus thing should be making people realize too that like all the jobs are important or they wouldn't exist. You know what right. I mean? Like, what the fuck is the logic in you thinking that grocery stalkers at Walmart don't deserve to have a living wage? Like, well, first of all, your tax dollars are subsidizing Walmart's employment of these people because then their poverty wages and your your tax dollars are going to pay for their right. Medicaid it's, and corporate their food it's corporate welfare. It's corporate welfare. Corporate. So be pissed off about that first of all, and secondly, like. If those people weren't there to stock your shelves, what the fuck would you do? You know, these these same types of people, these blue-collar workers in West Virginia, same types always defending truck drivers. What would we do without truck drivers? What would we do? We'd never get any of our stuff delivered, blah, 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 blah. They have this mass respect for blue-collar workers, truck drivers. But, like, then when it comes to the people who take those products off the truck and put them in the store so that you can have access to them, fuck them. I mean, it makes no sense. It's just like... Mm-hmm. I don't know where this propaganda started defeating these people that you only need to respect this type of work and this type of work. So we have to vote for this party. But Mm -hmm. I I don't know what's so hard about... Look around at your state and look at people that you know are good people. Not everybody in your life can be making the money that you are. Mm -hmm. So what? They're the exception? They're not the lazy ass? They're the exception? I mean, it's time for West Virginia to wake up and get on the same page here and start investing in some industries that are going to give people good working jobs. I mean, it's just...
1: We were saying that uh, Stephen Smith is trying to get this program started. Yeah, he's
0: part of a program in West Virginia called uh, West Virginia Can't Wait, and I don't know if he started this. I just know that he was a, a big pusher of it, and he ran for governor and didn't win, but continues to work for our state because that's what anybody who truly wants yeah. It's pretty to. bad
1: when the people that lose election are doing more than the people that are that won the election.
0: Right. So they're mm-hmm. trying to start this program. It's called like Mountaineer. Uh, work cores or something um but it's basically it's they they want to bring 33,000 good-paying unionized jobs to West Virginia um kind of like um
1: the WPA yeah
0: like WPA and it's like all about cleaning up the environment and getting drug pre- treatment programs started and like all the shit that our state needs creating the jobs to do that I mean it makes perfect fucking sense so why aren't we doing it and I just I, I don't understand and again he he's a democrat I don't know. I just feel like a lot of these Trump people preach that, you know, they didn't vote for Trump because he's a Republican. They voted for him because he wasn't a politician. And I'm just like, but if we just sit down and talk about shit that
1: needs done here, we all agree that West Virginia doesn't have enough jobs. Okay. right. So I think that that's where, you know, when Biden's all talking about unity and everything. And I think that as partisan as things are right now you know, th- the first thing we have to do is stop using taglines for each other. And, like, we're as guilty, like, we talk off the air about this, that we're guilty about it, too, is, like, you know, kind of having a stereotype of a particular person and be they a Trump voter or a Bernie person or whatever. Like, we get ideas of each other and we kind of summarize it in our mind. Like, oh, yeah, there's one of those Bernie people oh, there's one of those Trump people, but... Like if we forget about personalities, and just get down to like, okay, let's talk about. Because I found a lot of times when I before it, things got so partisan, if people were talking about like health care, that regardless of their political ideology, when they would talk about the fact that you know somebody they knew couldn't get health care, and how they were sick and couldn't get to a doctor, like that is the moment I would try to seize on, like without putting politics into it, just be like, well, that's a serious problem because the whole country runs on workers and if workers are sick and they can't come to work, then the productivity goes down. Like people tend to think of like healthcare, college, at least in the United States, you know, those things are portrayed as, um, you know, like not a right. Luxuries. yeah. Yeah, like not a right, right? Like you have to work and earn healthcare and earn a college education. But in other countries, they view, you know, taxpayer funded healthcare and education as a benefit to like the an, society, yeah, not investment. a sucking off of the society, but a, an investment in healthier, smarter, well-trained workers that guess what make more money pay higher taxes and contribute more to society
0: right and we know that a big problem in america is our
1: fucking absolute crumbling infrastructure so i yeah, mean like give these people jobs like you know put them on the public payroll i mean you don't want to talk about people do want to have an issue with welfare well just give somebody a job actually doing infrastructure teach them skills that they can use you know i mean I don't know. I just think like there's a disconnect there between things that need done and people that need jobs. Well, and then it comes all around
0: back to people don't want their taxes raised. And so and then I always come back to the same argument of, well, if the super ridiculously rich people in our country paid their fair share of taxes and we didn't spend so much of our tax budget on nonsense fucking things, you know, like a ridiculous military budget, then we could afford mm-hmm. to do the things that other countries do. So right. it's, it's a combination of... Propaganda, influencing people to fight every form of progress, and mismanagement of money. Mm -hmm. I mean, that's really what it comes down to. And, you know, which moves on to my next topic is this $15 hour minimum wage raise that Biden's talking about, which, you know, I'm all for raising the minimum wage. And I've had enough discussions with people in the past few weeks about, um inflation and its correlation to minimum wage which we know that things have continued to inflate and the price of living has gone up far faster than wages and you know what i mean wages can stay stagnant and everything's still going to keep raising in price so obviously one does not immediately cause the other you know what i mean mm-hmm. if if that were true then when inflation happened the the wages would have rose with it but it that didn't happen um And I understand that there's a lot of concerns for that, but until we start putting, and I know nobody likes to hear this because we're a capitalist country, and I have no problem with capitalism as long as it is, I believe in free market capitalism for other products, not necessities. I don't think that housing and healthcare and electricity and water should be a free market for them to charge whatever you want. Because, Uh you know what I mean? They shouldn't be, if those are for-profit industries, we're always going to be playing this game of, raising prices and you know what i mean if you want to charge fucking three thousand dollars for an iphone
1: who cares who cares because that's not
0: a necessity right and if people don't buy it then that's how capitalism works you you need to make this product at a price that people can afford it and they'll learn to take the price cut from their billion dollar industry you know their ceos can take the cut so that they can provide the product you know but we've seen that too is that those things happen and then when their companies fail we bail them out and we gotta stop doing that too Right. I mean, is this a free market or not? I think this country could absolutely work on a capitalist um, structure if we stop treating necessities like uh, luxuries and then let everything else take its toll. But my biggest concern with this $15 an hour minimum wage is that when Bernie did the Fight for 15 campaign, I was all about it because it ran congruent with his platform of Medicare for all. Mm-hmm. So that makes sense. You know, everybody will have health care. Everybody will have a living wage then we could start tackling some of these issues that cause this mass inflation. Mm -hmm. Um, Biden, on the other hand, is talking about this $15 an hour minimum wage, but he is not a supporter of Medicare for all. And so now I'm immediately concerned because people who are in poverty enough to be receiving food stamps or Medicaid, all you're going to do by doubling their wages is kick them off of that shit. And -hmm. if you double their wages, you know, okay, losing the food stamps might not be that big of a deal because you doubled their wages, but... Even if you tripled somebody's wages, that doesn't make it competitive for them to, to buy health insurance. Health insurance right. has become so unaffordable that you could double the minimum wage and those people still cannot afford to buy it. Right. So I think that, you know, progressives, Democrats, and Republicans too, I know that they're typically not the ones to focus on these specific type of issues because they're just against the minimum wage raise, but we all need to be concerned about what's going to happen in that situation. Because you'd like to say that, oh, Medicaid will adjust its budget so that those people can still get health care. But then again, here we are. I mean, now people are making $15 an hour and still getting government health care. When are we finally going to draw the line and be like, listen, middle class people are getting fucked too. You know, we need a health care system that works for everybody. And I get that like Medicare for all, Medicaid for all is not a perfect system and that universal health care is not a perfect system. But What we have now is not fucking working and it's only getting worse and worse and worse. And now it's holding up all these other things in our society. I mean, even if they raise the $15 an hour, how many people are going to have to switch to working part time because they can't afford to lose their health insurance? I mean, these are all things that need to be discussed. And I get Biden's only been in here, what, a day now. So I don't expect him to, you know, come out. But when you start talking about raising the minimum wage in that way, people in the middle might think, oh, that's great. But... For somebody who is, you know, below the NL in West Virginia, you can only make $1,300 a month to qualify for Medicaid.
1: Yeah, it's that's
0: pretty... I mean, $1,300 a month. Mm-hmm. That, that's that's ridiculously poor. Those people are going to lose their health insurance, and we need to, you know what I mean? we got to stay on that because I feel like people, sometimes I think that people in those positions completely overlook that mm-hmm. <laughs> because they don't
1: well, deal with a, those thoughts. There's daily. a state, you know, there's state Medicaid, and then the Obamacare, from what I understand, you know, provided federal uh assistance for up to like 130 percent of the poverty level or something like it basically gave states a cushion of backup for their medicaid so you know you could let people who made a little bit more still get medicaid because like the federal government was helping out with it i mean really it's just when you look at what health insurance companies the billions of dollars they rake in every the pharmaceutical co- companies how much billions of dollars, i mean when you stop and think about it like there's all these middlemen lining their pockets <laughs> and when people say oh well you know socialized medicine or or tax uh payer taxes taxpayer funded healthcare care is what i like i don't like to say free or socialist it's taxpayer funded Healthcare—it's still private healthcare. It's just your tax dollars instead of going to drop bombs on other people's heads would be going to fund healthcare. Imagine that. So, um, but yeah, the whole the whole problem with the propaganda is that poor people are demonized, and they've always been demonized. Whether it's because they think societies have thought people are, you know, more prone to disease, but a lot of that is because they have. Unequal access to, you know, food and and healthcare. So, you know, it's like poor people are blamed for what they are, but nobody wants to acknowledge that there's a whole entire system constructed around, you know, making them the bad guy. I guess I don't know. Yeah, I mean, um... nobody asks you when you go and apply for welfare. Okay, what's the reason that you're struggling right now to support? At least one de- decades ago, yeah, it still doesn't happen when I got it. You know, um, and I only got Medicaid. I didn't, I didn't get um, any other kind of assistance, but I did get Medicaid. And like nobody would say to me, "Well, why do you think that? You know, what's your main obstacle right now? Why you're not able to be self sufficient?" Oh, and I did live in, I did live in, um, I don't know what they call it now, prod, not the project, public housing, yeah. public housing. Yeah, I did live in in rent, uh, income-based public housing. Um, And, like, I just felt like the welfare system was like a rubber stamp, you get it or you don't get it. Like, there was nobody saying, like, okay, well, let let me help you to advance out of this status. which absolutely, I I
0: mean, think about all of the people that we pay in these departments, all these government jobs. And I understand that, like, managing the paperwork and cases and seeing if people are eligible, they're, they're probably overwhelmed with cases. I mean, I can't mm-hmm. speak to everything that they have to do in their jobs. But if the solution is that you need to hire another person to be a quote-unquote case manager that sits down with these people and says, okay, what is the plan that we're going to develop to get you out of the situation? Right, right, And I right. feel like the whole reason they don't do that is because they know that they'll run into roadblocks that absolutely cannot be solved by the person. <laughs> and they don't want to have to admit that because then then we come back to, all right, listen, people are trying as hard as they can and they can't get anywhere. So clearly we need some intervention on our government. And it would be right in their face. Mm-hmm. I mean, people would experience it. They'd have to look it in the face. Um, so well, I feel I mean, like that's why we don't do it.
1: You know, if you're in any other kind of field, like uh, car design or, you know, uh, whatever your hobby is, right? You look at other people that do it well. That's how you learn how to do something. You go, oh, well, that works better. I didn't think of that. You know, we've got all these different models of different types of private slash public options. Um, all over the world, there's different kinds of ways that people are provided healthcare in America. It's just like there's the propaganda of we have to have capitalism because we have the best healthcare system in the world. Like that's the, the thing they spit constantly but like people even with health insurance can't afford to go to a doctor because it's the copayers su- or the deductibles su- or the do- deductibles are so expensive um so like we don't have the best system in the world
0: <laughs> not to mention how many insurance companies just decide that they're not covering certain stuff i mean how many people before obamacare and before being eligible for uh Medicaid or medicare couldn't get cancer treatment because they had insurance but their insurance didn't cover that
1: well that happened to a friend of mine she died from cancer it happens to so mm-hmm. many people she she couldn't get her medication her insurance company wouldn't cover it and her doctor was in the doing everything he could to try and convince the insurance company to you know pay for it and um she never did get it she died so i mean it does happen and you know a lot of times the the right one will will demonize um what they call socialized medicine because they say oh well when the government takes over health care they're going to decide who has a right to live and who has a right to you know who's worthy of pay of spending money on and that's nonsense you know the whole death squad fearmongering thing about socialized medicine is bs if you want to talk about death squads like look at what health insurance companies deny to people you know they deny right. stuff that's a fucking death
0: squad right there so <laughs> when your insurance company that, that you fucking pay for is like mm, nah just die yeah because because <laughs> we got you know ceo bonuses to pay out so just die
1: yeah so what else are we going to talk about today?
0: Oh, let's see what else I got up here. Oh, I think I covered all the topics that I wanted to, if you have anything. Didn't you say, you want to talk about that book you were reading?
1: Yeah, so I read a book um, this week called Misinformation Age. I'm going to get the author up here so I can tell you who she is. It's Man, I can't
0: believe we're, we're at like 40 minutes right now, and I'm like, wow, we actually got through all the topics that I wrote down. I'm proud of us right Cause now. Because see,
1: you didn't let me talk for just go on and on about my stuff first. That's why, because I get crazy. Um, So, misinformation age, the girl's name is Kaylin something. Kaylin O'Connor, what an Irish name. Okay, so I apologize if anybody's listening in Irish. Ireland, because my Irish accent is pathetic. But anyway, so this is a really good book. Um, and the thing that I really liked about it was she goes back and looks at, you know, kind of the, the evolution of propaganda as far as, um, you know, the war on truth that we see going on right now in politics. And she takes it down the corporate road where... You know, if you stop and think about it, like cigarettes, for example. oh, PC batteries low. Um, Cigarettes, we knew, you know, decades ago caused cancer. But the cigarette industry, um, you know, didn't want legislation or to scare people away from their products. They wanted to make money. So they hired a lot of scientists to conduct experiments and basically cast doubt on this idea that cigarettes were harmful. And um, it worked uh, because people continued to smoke and continued to get cancer and continued to die. So, but they made their money. And, um, you know, the same thing happened with, um, you know, acid rain and, you know, other uh, different pollutants that were being put out. You know, we all remember the DuPont... We we talked to, we yeah, did we did an episode about we DuPont, did a whole did episode. It was called "The Poisoning of America," and we talked about how you know DuPont was uh, putting chemical PFOAs into you know groundwater in West Virginia. It was causing all kind of health effects, and um, you know they they had lawyers that would you know defend them against uh, people's claims, and then they they basically uh, would get scientists to do their own studies and say, "Oh no, this isn't harmful." and so you they're kind of developed these like science wars where scientists who worked basically just in science would say would find something that was like acid rain that was destroying something in the environment right and then they would say go to government and say listen like this is a danger to humanity to animals to the environment and you need to legislate against these companies so the companies were like okay well we have to now figure out a way around this so they would get their own scientists and also they would they started to say that the other scientists the one that were wanting legislation were politically motivated propaganda and this goes clear up to you know global warming right now you know it's a vast consensus of scientists to say yes global warming is happening and it is human driven but then you got these like people that are saying oh it's not been proven and if you go back and look at all these different things she talks about the ozone And how the scientists who discovered that there was, um, you know, a hole in the ozone were like, shit, shit, this is bad, right? And then um, NASA was supposed to be monitoring the hole in the ozone. And they were like, well, your data's got to be wrong because how could it be that bad and we didn't pick up on it? So it had something to do with the computer that they were using to analyze the data was like throwing out like extremely high or extremely low Um, data points so that it could basically cut out all the noise and just give you the facts, but those extremely high data points were like actually true. So anyways, once they came to realize that, you know, chlorofluorocarbons, which now are banned, were going up into the atmosphere and releasing chlorine Okay, and then it was causing the ozone. T- so it was like a whole a worldwide, like, we got to stop this shit because we're going to kill ourselves. Which I will say on the subject
0: of global warming and climate change that I get people's frustration because it's already like we're pl- trying to play catch up with China who just absolutely right. just fucking doesn't right. give a shit. Right. And I get that frustration, but it doesn't destroy our obligation to do what we can. Um, exactly. And I, that's another part of a greater conversation, the one thing that, which I won't get off into a tangent on, but the one thing I was hoping that Trump would do, which probably would have pissed a lot of people off for a while, is to try to cut ties with China. America needs to try to rebuild its infrastructure, bring jobs here, you know? Mm-hmm. We gotta we we have to really focus on, like, this whole America first idea could have been a good platform for him, but he just didn't fucking, like, do anything about just it. He kind of botched it up. Yeah, he
1: fucked it all up. So, I mean... <laughs> But yeah, so the, the whole, um, you know, war on truth actually started between the corporations and the scientists. And um, she gave this one really crazy example where, um, and she talks about like how people, what, what motivates people to believe in something or not believe in something. So, you know, generally speaking, if you have something you're not sure whether it's true or not, you're going to want to do firsthand you want to look at the stuff first, the evidence firsthand, right? But that's not always possible. Like you can't always look at everything for yourself. For one, scientific stuff is pretty complicated and I don't know any, most average people can't take the time to sit down and read 15 high-level medical shit journals that we don't even know what it's saying and try to figure it out. So it comes down to trusting people. So then who do you know, Who do you trust? And, um, you know, when... As human beings we we kind of trust the people that are closest in our orbit and sometimes that's a good thing and sometimes it's a bad thing and what's happened with social media is because you know people are in these really tight social networks once one person in your social network really gets contagious with an idea and is really vocal about it it tends to spread and i wrote an article for op-ed news called an open letter to mark zuckerberg And basically I said, you know, you made a, you took what was social human interaction and monetized it. Like what could go wrong? (laughs) I mean, you didn't realize like how that was going to affect humanity to do something like that. But you know, what's
0: really strange about that is before Facebook, we had MySpace and MySpace did not turn into what Facebook has turned into. And it, I mean, I don't have no, I have no idea why. I mean, why was MySpace just for social interactions and, you know, drama and stupid pictures, you know? Was what, it, it f-
1: was it fueled by advertisements? No. Well, that's probably why. But
0: that's what I'm saying. Why did, I mean, Mark Zuckerberg basically just ripped off My, MySpace and was like, now let's pump a bunch of ads into it. Like, that
1: and that and also um, data uh, analytics, you know, taking computers, AI, and saying, why did, you know, Juke, look at this ad for five seconds longer than mick did like what what is it about that ad that appeals to her personality profile like they started studying us like lab rats
0: i confuse the fuck out of my facebook too it's giving me all kinds of ads for like it's penis it's, enlargement no it's like targeted advertising <laughs> specifically clearly meant to be for um someone who's black because mm-hmm. it's like t-shirts that are like um i don't know like i can't even where remember. did you buy
1: your black lives matter flag
0: amazon that's probably why So yeah
1: amazon shares all your data with everybody yeah
0: that's probably it but yeah they keep marketing all these things to me like or like big giant gold earrings that are like uh the continent of africa Mm -hmm. you know what i mean Mm -hmm. or like um stuff with like the jamaican colors on it Mm -hmm. and it's like king and i'm like this clearly is not meant like i'm a little white girl Mm -hmm. (laughs) yeah this is you know what i mean like there's no way this is meant for me i confuse the
1: fuck out of my
0: (laughs) out of my uh targeted advertising
1: But yeah, so she talked about like how um there was a hospital back in the like mid eighteen hundreds and um mm-hmm. it was basically like you had one hospital for the wealthy women who had their babies and then you had one hospital for like poor women. I know it's hard to imagine like disparate health care for people based on how much money they have. It's hard to imagine Shocker. these days, isn't it? But anyway, yeah. um so this one, you know, physician who worked in the where the midwives the lower income women delivered to babies. He worked. he supervised that clinic and he noticed that like a third of the women were um women were dying from this disease. They called childbed fever, which was like there's another scientific name for it. But anyways, he found out that women in the wealthier clinic were dying at three times the rate of women in the poor clinic, which is normally like the, the reverse of that, right? So he's trying to figure out, like, how the fuck, what's, what's, like, happening here? And what he came to find out was that a lot of these doctors were doing autopsies on diseased cadavers and then going right in and, like, to the mater, like, to deliver babies. So they were infecting these women and they were dying. And so he came up with this because the midwives obviously didn't do autopsies. They didn't have contact with, they just did births. So anyways, when he went to the doctors and he tried, his name was um, Semmelweis. Uh, Ignaz Semmelweis. Weiss. Well, I think in German you say that like a V because they were in the book. I think they were saying Semmelweis. But anyways, um, so he tried to tell these doctors like to wash their (laughs) fucking hands. Mm -hmm. And the doctors were like, are you saying our hands are unclean? How dare you? And it was like so offensive to the doctors that. what year was this? This was like 1847. Oh, yeah. I did a transatlantic.
0: I'm like 60 years too, too late. <laughs> Oops.
1: But yeah, so like the doctors were like so fucking offended that he would say that their hands were unclean. <laughs> what <right>? a fucking... <laughs> because no, listen, but they didn't, they didn't, there was no, they, they didn't understand germs then. There was no understanding of what, a, there was no germ to them. What a bunch of dummies. So when you were saying like you are the carrier for this, disease the doctors morally like back then they used to link like morality with disease so it was kind of like the doctors were like so offended that they basically told him to fuck off and like they kept doing what they were doing and people kept dying and it wasn't until like years later after Simmelweiss was dead that Louis Pasteur discovered like you know antibiotics and germs and shit and was like god this guy was right (laughs) man that sounds like uh, some Darwinism at work (laughs) I mean Yeah, so like she was talking about that, like how ideas and this I, an idea has to have the capacity to fight off all of these things. If it's true, like to fight off all of these social things that work against it. So there was another story in the book about a woman who was um some kind of socialite, uh British socialite I think she was. Mount Mountbatten, I think. <laughs> Wait a minute. <laughs> I can't remember these names. I'm terrible with remembering names. But anyways. Wait, what does he say? Uh duke of (laughs) cuttingham lord rack
0: of lamb what no what is he you know the the bug's bunny bit
1: (laughs) so she goes to she 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 gets smallpox there was an epidemic of smallpox in europe and she was this very beautiful woman and she gets a smallpox and leaves her scarred up or whatever so her and her husband um take this trip to turkey and um she sees these women in turkey doing this procedure where they take um like a pustule from somebody who has smallpox and they like rub it on the other part so it was like vaccination it was a very primitive form of like vaccination and um so she goes back and tries to take this back to europe with her well there was two problems with it first of all she's a woman second of all she's a woman advocating a medical practice developed by other women and foreigners so okay she had all these things against her but what she did was she got other elitist women like high high up women to do this with their children and so then it became like a fashionable thing to do so it did end up spreading but so that goes to show like how you know you have to overcome a lot of times like when you have a true idea the social stigma. And, you know, for all these people that get on Facebook and say, um, you know, well, it's like they brag about the confrontations that they have, okay? And it's like, it's okay to have confrontation, but it's easy to have confrontation with the opposite side. Now, let me ask you this. How often do you have confrontation with people in your own social circle? Right. Because that, if you want to talk about like, oh, well, I have, you know, I'm not afraid to tell people what I think. Are you really not afraid? Because my guess is when you get in your little group on, on Facebook, if everybody in your group believes the same way, you're probably going to not want to buck the people that you socialize with. That's a, it's a very um, strong human reaction.
0: Which I get that too, because, um, I mean, I'm not one of those people. I'm constantly calling people out for shit and um
1: but in your own group <laughs>
0: yeah and that shit can make you a lonely person it definitely can make you a lonely but person. um no i mean i feel like definitely in the past few years i've become less afraid of that because i'm just like you know what if uh specifically with people using slurs and i'm just like Yeah, Mm, I'm just, I'm gonna just call you out and humiliate you and be like, honestly, why did you think it was appropriate to say that in front of me? Like, did you think that I agree with that? And I was just gonna, like, not be offended by that? Or not think it was ignorant? Mm -hmm. Like, now I'm gonna make you feel like the asshole, because I don't know what made you think, like, apparently something in your brain told you that I wasn't gonna be bothered by you saying that, so let me just tell you right now, I fucking am.
1: Are you, now, are these real, you know, these aren't bots? Yeah, no, these are, these are in-person interactions. Because they'll, they'll do that, they'll try to Figure out whether you'll what will actually offend you. No, I don't even fight with
0: people on the internet that I don't personally know anymore because mm-hmm. it's just it's pointless, and it's become I feel like it's become dangerous. I mean, you know how many times I've been banned on Facebook? I got banned on Facebook for calling myself white trash because mm-hmm. my my best friend and I have this running joke that like it doesn't matter um like where you end up in life if you grew up white trash in West Virginia like white trash don't change and like <laughs> just stupid shit like like. Being obsessed with, uh, like, she was cooking uh, tuna noodle hamburger helper for dinner. And someone was like, ew, I can't believe you're eating that garbage. And she's like, white trash don't change. You know what I mean? <laughs> so I got banned on Facebook for making a joke like that about myself. Um, but uh, I, so many times people have sent me messages. And, like, I post the messages because I feel like if I didn't, nobody would believe me that I get these types of messages all the fucking time. But I get, like, death threats. And, like, all kinds of just, like, hate messages and all this shit. And it always gets filtered to, like, my uh, filtered messages on Facebook because I'm not friends with these people. And I don't have any mutual friends with them. Um, so, I, like, every once in a while, I check my filtered messages and I just, like, read all these fucking death threats and shit. And, of course, they, like, immediately block you afterwards so you can't respond.
1: Mm-hmm. And,
0: like, I'd say probably all but one of them have been from men and for a slew of different things, like... The most recent one I got was this guy uh, posted some kind of joke in uh, th- th- with this group. And I was like, oh, yeah, coming from a guy that looks like Kyle Rittenhouse or like the next Kyle Rittenhouse. Like, And the guy who posted it was like, ha-ha, that's really funny. You know what I mean? Like it was a joke. Then this completely other random dude who wasn't involved in the conversation at all sends me this literal death threat as like, you know, I'll kill you, kill your family, whatever, blah, 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 blah. It just goes on and on and then immediately blocks me. And I'm like, man, that shit was just a joke. You know what I mean? Like, I can't say anything without it, But my point is, is that, you know, you report that shit to Facebook and then they send you their assessment of the report back and they're like, we didn't find that this person violated any community yeah. guidelines. And I'm like, I can't yeah. even say, dude, one time I said men are trash. Fucking ban me for 30 days for saying that. But like, <sighs> you know, any message I get where people are like, you're a stupid fucking cunt, like, and they don't get banned. I'm just like, all right. All right, bet.
1: Well I'm banned right
0: now. I have like a restriction where I can't comment or uh post in groups. Boobies. That's
1: why.
0: That's, no, I didn't. I blurred out the boobies of my booby posters. That's not why, but they you know, whenever they restrict you, they send you a message. We like, should
1: be clear that it wasn't your boobies, it was booby
0: posters. Yeah, I have a lot of booby posters in my room. But uh No, like they usually send you like here's the reason why you're being restricted. They didn't do that. They they never told me why I was being restricted. And it's not like I can still make posts and stuff. But I can't comment in groups and stuff. And I'm like, I have no idea why they did that. And they like I'm never so gave me an explanation. I don't use
1: Facebook. I don't use Facebook. Like I, one person wanted to find our show and she's a Facebook user. So I went on to my account and sent her a link to, um, it was like an account I created to contact people for journalistic yeah, reasons. Dead account. It's like a dead account. Yeah. So I just used that one to send it to her and be like, hey, like here's our show if you want to see it or whatever. But I, I, God, I can't. And I, like, I don't even really like Twitter that much. Um, I use it sometimes, but I don't know. Like, social media is just a, it's just a bizarro. And now you got people, like, leaping from, like, parlor get shut down. So they leap to gab. And then they leap to, like, what was that other one? Um. I can't remember what the other one was called, but there's, like, these three or four other ones that are, like, oh, no, we're totally free speech until, like, someone threatens to kill somebody else on there. And then they're, like, oh, no, 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 we can't have that. (laughs) Yeah, somebody,
0: actually, that listens to our show, has me on Twitter from Chile, uh, was asking me, like, what I thought about, you know, they were, like, silencing Trump or whatever. And I'm, like, listen, dude, like, I don't know how it is in Chile, but, like, in America, we're sue happy and we sue everyone for everything, Um. So these companies take a liability when they allow actually this shit.
1: they can't be sued, and that was what Trump wanted to change with two thirty. He wanted to make it so that you could sue them.
0: Right, that's what I'm saying. But we know it's coming. <sighs> that's why they're doing this shit.
1: Well, they're not. They're not. Journal, they're not publishers. A publisher has to, like, the New York Times has to look at an article. If I write them an article, they're going to look at it, and it's their responsibility to vet that article to find out if there's lies in it, to find out if it, if the witnesses I quote are actual real people. Or if I'm just making shit up on my, the New York Times is liable for slander or whatever, so they have an editor who like goes through their shit. Twitter and Facebook is self-user; it's like your phone. It's but like they, calling. But people. they, that's what they're pushing for, and I think that's why. I mean, I think you can ban somebody after the fact if you have a if you have a user agreement that says you can't post pornography, you can't do this, you can't do that, and somebody violates user agreement, they have a right to ban you. But as far as like. To be considered publishing, you have to have preemptively checked it before it gets posted. And I don't see how you can use social media like that.
0: Well, I don't think it's... I don't necessarily agree with being able to sue them. But that is my opinion of why Parler immediately got dropped. That's my opinion of why Facebook has cracked down on this QAnon site. It's not because they have a conscience, but just because they're worried that this is the direction well, that this is going.
1: Well, par- yes. Okay, so people were sharing information on there related to a terror attack and so I don't think that that goes beyond I guess liability to criminal activity like it's not just slander and defamation you're talking about organized criminal activity so I think that was what happened there and um You know, you're right about that, that Amazon doesn't want somebody coming back and maybe not. They can't be sued for libel and slander, but they could maybe be sued if someone used their site to organize uh, to hire someone to kill their wife or something. And then it comes out that that was Facebook, whatever site they're on, if they use it for some criminal activity, like they're using it like when they were using it for prostitution. Right. Yeah, that's exactly what I'm saying
0: is that we already saw that, you know, uh, what was it? SESTA that caused craigslist back pages and all that shit right. they have to shut all that right. down because they're like we're not going to be held liable they can't liable. monitor it's right. too much to monitor and right. i think that that's exactly why you know facebook and uh what was it google and apple took the parlor off of there and facebook has cleaned up all their q and i think that's why mm-hmm. because they're like mm, we are well, not. well i think down too this.
1: like verification of who you are is a big thing because i think it was parlor that said that um you know when you go on there which I've never run on there, but according to the guy who was being interviewed on Fox News, he says that you have to provide proof of who you are, like your identity, so that it's a free and open forum, but the basically, like, people will be more, um, if they can't use it, like, fake accounts. They'll be held accountable. They'll be, they know they personally can be held accountable for doing something that's, you know, criminal or whatever, so it puts the liability on the person, which is where it it where it is, needs to go, yeah. Where it is anyway, except on Facebook, it's like anonymous, you know what I mean? Like you say you are who you say you are, but you're not asked to provide any kind of proof of that. But um, so, anyways, another thing she talked about in this book was um, you know, like when you're a kid and you're growing up, you know, your your family's the first person that tells you about the world. And you know, if your mom tells you like don't touch a stove, some of us are going to be dumb and still do it to see if mom's telling us the truth or not. But after a couple times, a mom tells you like, Hey, don't do that. Or dad says you might not do that because you get hurt. And then you get hurt. You're like, geez, my parents are actually looking out for me. So you kind of trust them. So when they tell you something, you don't have to test every fucking thing they tell you. Like some kids will still do that. <laughs> but, um, And then as you grow up and you expand, you know, your area of trust, like how much trust you put in a person is really more important than how valid what they're telling you is. Like I started thinking about the flat earth people because we were kind of dissing on them like one of our episodes, like what's the dumbest conspiracy theory ever? And it was like, well, the flat earth people's got to be pretty far up there. But One thing I will say about the flat earth people is they, they will go out and try to conduct these experiments. They'll do videos of themselves going out and trying to show that you can't see the curvature of the earth. Like they do take some like initiative to say, I want to objectively know this for myself. I don't want to take somebody else's word. I want to actually objectively see it for myself. But then you get into things like Sandy Hook, for example, where people were shown videos of, you know, parents. Um, seeming to laugh and then suddenly work up tears. And they were shown video of people walking in circles in a parking lot. People, they, they were shown a lot of things that were like, wait, this doesn't make sense. Okay, so what's the counter to that? Where's the investigative side of that where you go, okay, well, I'm going to find out what really happened here. But guess what? You fucking can't because you can't get autopsy reports that belong to private families. You can't Uh, Go and exhume bodies and find you know what I'm saying? Like there's a limitation to how much objectively you can do investigation on your own so That's where people get into the conspiracy thing because they're like well, I'm being held back from this knowledge So I believe the guy who's telling me that this nefarious thing is happening because you can't prove it's not happening and it's like that's backwards thinking like If we could just get people to see like there's a way to vet ideas and sometimes it does come down to the trustworthiness of the person you're getting the information from which on Facebook is God knows who. Like you don't know who it is and sometimes you do know who it is but you trust them because they're in your social network. So one of the experiments that they did um, that she talks about is they took a line on a piece of paper and then they held up there was like another piece of paper with like three or four different lines on it and they said what line is the line that's just bigger than the line over here on this page and so they had six or seven people in this group that were plants they were part of the experiment and they told them to pick the wrong line all of them picked the same line but the wrong line and of course the one person who would have been the outlier had they said no no no, this is actually the correct answer that person conformed to the idea of the, the the what the other people's reality was, now did they actually believe it, or was it just because they didn't want to not fit in? Well, I don't know. But the point is, they picked a line that clearly in front of their eyes was not the right one, because of social pressure, right? And we know, we talk all the time about echo chambers and confirmation bias. Um, but the reason that these work are because, you know, we're as human beings as we were evolving like, out in the wild and we had predators around, if Juke and I are sitting in the savanna somewhere and a fucking animal is stalking us to eat our asses and she happens to hear it before I do and she looks in that direction, what am I going to do? I'm going to look in that same direction. I'm picking up on her social cues because she senses danger, which means if she senses danger and I ignore the fact that she's sensing danger, I'm going to die. I'm going to be the one that gets eaten. So as human beings, we have a really strong desire to watch each other's cues and follow, you know, what the other person beside us is doing. Um, they showed people pictures of Donald Trump's inauguration and Obama's inauguration. They didn't tell them which whose was whose. It was just two pictures of the... You know, inaugurations. And they asked people to pick which one had the most people. And of course, not knowing whose inauguration each one of them was, they all picked the one, they all picked Obama's because he had more people at his inauguration. But then they told people who the crowds belonged to. These are, this is Trump's inauguration and this is Obama's inauguration. And people who voted for Trump, when they asked, Okay, which one of these has more people? They looked at the two crowds and knowing that the Trump one was Trump's, picked that one and said it had more people. I mean, think about that for a second. So you're looking at two pictures. Clearly one has more people than the other. But because of your sense of fealty towards that one person, you're going to say, no, this one has more people. You're going to literally tell yourself something you know is factually not Man, and this true. is so fucked up, too, because I feel like... And liberals do, too. I'm just using that as, as an example. I'm this just
0: saying... This so, like, off topic, but that that level of being willing to accept denial, which I don't know what causes that in people other than, like... They have an adversity to dealing with things that make them feel uncomfortable or bad, which like cognitive dissonance, which I guess I don't have that. Maybe I have a little bit of the opposite of that is I tend to put myself in situations that, that aren't exactly uh, the best for for my mental state or my emotional state. And I do it anyway, you know, a little bit of self-destruction. So maybe I'm not in a position to judge, but that kind of denial leads to so many other harmful things And the first example when you were saying that that came to my mind was this is this this situation reminds me of like when a mother and her boyfriend are living in a house and the kid comes to the mother and says you know he's doing stuff to me and they're in absolute denial about it to the point that they'll blame the kid and be like well then you must have done something Mm -hmm. and that that kind of shit I guess that's it's so shocking to me that I'm like that can't be
1: it so happens with the church. Uh, that, that happens so with sad. the church a lot.
0: So you, we see that level of denial all in all, on all aspects of things, not just politics, but it's like, dude, we got to figure out a way to confront that shit and manage mm-hmm. it because look at how much, not just in politics, but like in that situation I brought up, look at the damage that that shit right. causes. So
1: you got to look at the, the underlying thing is what is your emotional? So in that case where the mom, the kid comes and says, hey, your boyfriend's doing something to me. The mom's affection is for the boyfriend and is and is obviously you know allowing her to cast down on what her own child is telling her um because she wants in the end for that thing not to be true for both reasons cuz she doesn't want to believe it happened to her kid and because she doesn't want her relationship with her boyfriend disrupted and the only way those both of those things can happen is if she denies her child right um and that we saw that happen with the Catholic Church like people didn't want to say their priest was um a pervert so they basically told their kids to be quiet like one of the um, other examples she gives in here, um, there was a guy by the name of Edward Bernays, and he wrote a book called Propaganda. And um, I haven't read the whole book, but he went from you know wartime studies of propaganda to basically becoming the father of public relations. And one of the things he was hired to do was the cigarette companies were trying to sell cigarettes, more cigarettes to women. And it was... In the 50s, it was kind of socially not acceptable for women to smoke in public because we were still still supposed to be like, you know, it was like the 50s, like that submissive, like wives are supposed to be like kids seen and not heard and all that bullshit. So what he did was he he played on the emotion of women who were hostile to the fact that they weren't treated as equals. And he organized a march of women in New York City and had the press there to cover this March women's March smoking their cigarettes furiously as they marched down the street and they were calling the cigarettes torches of freedom because no one's going to tell me that I can't smoke that's a fucking brilliant ad campaign though. it is it was a brilliant ad campaign it was extremely successful and Edward Bernays was masterful at doing this and um you know, the, like I said, if you go into the corporate examples of how they, how they, they manipulated people, for example, the sugar industry um, is the one who told us for decades that fat was really bad for us, that we should get off, we should have fat-free diet. And now we know that's total bullshit. Sugar causes <laughs> type 2 diabetes And it's an epidemic in America because there's so much sugar in all of our food. And if you go back and look at the history of sugar, of why there's so much sugar, because it was pushed by the sugar industry and they told us that fats were harmful. And now we know that's absolute bullshit. Um, I'm on like a keto diet right now, which is like no carbs, no sugar. And, you know, and and I like feel so much better after three days because the sugar, I had too much sugar in my system. But, anyways, so one of i wanted to read a quote here from mr edward bernays he said the conscious and the intelligent manipulation of the organized habits and opinions of the masses is an important element in democratic society those who manipulate this unseen mechanism of society constitute an invisible government which is the true ruling power of our country we are governed our minds are are molded our tastes are formed our ideas suggested largely by men we have never heard of this is a logical result of the way in which our democratic society is organized vast numbers of human beings must cooperate in this manner if they are to live together as smoothly and functioning in society in almost every act of our daily lives whether in the sphere of politics or business in our social conduct or ethical thinking we are dominated by the relatively small number of persons who understand the mental processes and social patterns of the masses it is they who pull the wires and control the public mind. And basically, he was telling people like, if you want to control society, forget the ballot box. Like all this talk we had, this election about the ballot box, right? The, the cheating in the election, the, the screaming complaints of disappearing ballots and whatever. Edward Bernays figured out that if you can manipulate the mind of the voter before they go to the voting box, you don't have to tamper with the ballots. All you got to do is control people's minds. And I think this whole QAnon PSYOP was to provide reliable voters for the Republican base. And, you know, here's another question I got for anybody who's a Q follower or who was a Q follower. Q was supposed to have the highest level of security clearance that exists in the United States government and was supposedly working with Trump. Now that Trump is back in Florida and Biden is clearly in power, who's who, You'd think that, that Q is still going to be allowed to sit in the inner circle of power and have access to all this information with Biden in charge. Like, how do you how do you not know that this person is going to be found out or kicked out or have their privileges revoked? Like, well, I was digging through some of those uh, Q sites
0: firsthand which i know like a friend of mine was like you're fucking nuts for reading that shit and i'm like listen know thy enemy you know what i'm saying like (laughs) but apparently from what they were saying yesterday night that q has been totally silent like radio silence right now and i'm like Uh hmm yeah we'll see where this goes i feel like if this is a trump controlled thing he ain't gonna be able to be quiet for long i don't know we'll see i guess but
1: well the guy that was I, whose video I was watching late, late last night. He was convinced at the last minute FEMA was going to start arresting people. Um, dude's selling merch. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> yup. I mean, people got into this whole thing for maybe ideology. and Maybe because it made them feel good or whatever the reason was. Now it's a moneymaker. Like, there's Q merch. There's Patriot merch. So, they're going to want to keep selling that shit. Until before the, especially before it all fades off into the Y2K phenomena of the 2020. <laughs> you know, who wants a stockpile for a shirt with a Q on it?
0: The last post I just saw when I brought up that Q page is to believe that Q has failed because Trump is no longer the president is the complete misunderstanding of what Q has always told us about the plan. What? So no, the- I don't know. I'm gonna have to read into it and see, see what it is now. But, uh. But anyway, do you have anything else to add, your Mick? We're at our time.
1: Uh, no, but if you get a chance to check out that book, it's called Misinformation Age by Kalen O'Connor. Um, it's a really good book, and do a little bit of research on Edward Bernays because he's a he's kind of a uh, kind of a scary figure. But uh, and you know, he wrote that book in 1928, and I wondered how much the Nazi regime may have. Oh, so much. You know. so much
0: I, my brother and I were actually just watching videos because I was like you ever watch a lobotomy before and he's <laughs> like no what the fuck's wrong with you so I made him watch a lobotomy and uh, then we were watching just hours and hours of these videos that they took in like the 30s through the 60s some of them actually were all the way up until the 80s of like um, these videos they made of people who they considered uh, mentally ill I mean some of which now we know that these things are autism and Down syndrome but they just kind of lumped them all together as mentally defective and put them in homes and shit um, but this doctor, uh, and this was this one was from the f- late 40s, early 50s. And he's interviewing this woman who's basically just like, yeah, my kids and I'm just overwhelmed and I feel like I'm a bad mother and I just feel like I can't do right by my husband and I just, you know, all these things. And, he's, and then he goes back into the room with the other doctors and they interview them about what the prognosis of this patient is. And they're like, yes, we think she's suffering from hysteria. And my brother was like, are you fucking kidding? <laughs> No. And I'm like, no, dude, because this this is this this is actually what they thought. This is really what they thought. Like mm-hmm. we've come a long fucking way. But um but the doctor that was in the video, a lot of the doctors were like super fucking heavy German accent. And I was like, hmm, I wonder where they came from. Like Operation Paper Clip. Absolutely. But um yeah, that's all I have. I, I covered everything I had this week. All right. All right. Well I guess we will see you guys next week. What'll be the date next time we record? Let's see, it'll be the 28th. 28th. Uh, I don't see anything. Maybe we'll just probably do updates about uh, what's happened this first week as Biden's presidency, and maybe uh, maybe Trump will open his mouth
1: somewhere. How will we know that? <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> I do want to say, though, before we go, it's been really a really surreal few days because there were multiple press conferences, like, well, yesterday and today, and it's so weird to see, like, the press secretary go out there and i'm not familiar with her name yet the red-headed lady um and just answer questions and be like okay with the media and you know friendly and actually tell the truth and it's like kind of bizarre
0: yeah it's it's been it's been weird I feel like an episode of the twilight zone i love that picture it's like a picture a black and white picture of trump sitting at the oval office desk and it's the guy from the twilight zone in, in the in the in the foreground or whatever and i'm like that's how it feels
1: but Alright guys, well we will see you next week. This is Juke signing off. This is Mick signing off.